Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives, from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Welcome everyone to another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I'm your host, Dr. Adriana Popescu, and I'm really excited to have with us today, Lynn Irvin as our guest. Lynn is a Northern California-based psychotherapist who brings four decades of personal and professional growth and experience informed by her unique perspective as a mixed race woman, musician, body worker, and educator. Lynn holds degrees, a BA in psychology and a master's degree in social work. She's a licensed clinical social worker and she works with trauma, attachment theory, family systems, interpersonal neurobiology, polyvagal theory, and nonviolent communication. She weaves trauma-informed somatic approaches like EMDR, internal family systems and parts work, and family constellations, while drawing on the wisdom of several indigenous cultures, earth-based traditions. Often, connections aren't seen until we look deeply into the symptom and the family history and ask the right questions. That's what we're going to explore with Lynn today. Lynn understands how to help her clients move toward a felt sense of belonging and self-compassion, by teaching them how to make sense of the trauma stored in their bodies and the origins of their suffering. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you, Adriana. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for asking me to come and share what I have been working on. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I've been fortunate enough to actually be part of um, some of the work that you've done and yeah. uh, firsthand experience with some of your family constellations work. So mm -hmm. I'm can't wait to hear more about that. But first, would you like to tell us a little bit something about yourself, how you came to do this work? And yeah. even within, you know, your training as a traditional training as a, as a psychotherapist, how did you come to these particular modalities that you're working with? Um, I think that, you know, everything really makes so much sense now. But as I look back, um, I can see how growing up, in a, in a family, a multicultural family, and, um, you know, just a, a lot of early loss and, and patterns in my family that were, uh, I know now, really a, an attempt to make sense of, of their own lives that, um, that I, you know, I hit a crossroads like so many of us do. And, um, you know, when I did that, I began to really listen and look at what I was doing to manage all these feelings that were coming and all of this frustration and confusion about who I was and my relationships with everything and everyone. And, um, and when I started listening and looking at things, I, I started understanding that um, there were things going on with my body. And so as I, as I began to um, take care of my body, I became obsessed with alternative healthcare. I got into recovery myself. Um, and, um, you know, at the time, 
I was a drummer. I played drums for about 10 years in, in bands in New York and, and Boston. And I got, uh, I was obsessed with body work. And I, as soon as I received a, bo a body work session myself, I knew in an instant that I had to do it. And so I, I went to school and, um, and then I eventually moved to California to start my practice. And, you know, I worked in chiropractic offices and gyms and did all kinds of things like that. But I also was very interested in um, energy work. Um, in the program that I went to in Boston, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, the Muscular Therapy Institute, we had the opportunity to do all kinds of energy work as side cur curriculum. And, um, and I, I, I was just blown away by the impact that having another person's hands on my body and me having my hands on another person's body all day for weekends and weekends, how much that brought up and how healing it was and how it just fascinated me. Um, and, and there was just so much going on in my own body. And so when I, when I moved to California, one of the first things that happened was I was offered a job to teach massage um, at the National Holistic Institute. So I did that for about five years. You know, I just got out of school. So I was learning as I went, but it was, it was wonderful. And I got to teach and work with adults who were coming into you know, their own understanding of what was going on in their body or, you know, just graduating high school or starting second careers or, you know, all different types of adults, different, really diverse uh, population of people. And, um, and I started, I, I started, and I was working with clients and I started, I had a client who would shake on the table. And I was just like, oh my, I don't, I don't like, I can't, and nothing I know how to do right now is working or helping. And we talked and she, she had a pretty substantial trauma history, uh, you know, really, really heavy. And so um, eventually I went back to school because I, I, I realized like, gosh, I, I, need to, I need to understand because, you know, I left school very young. It just was not the place for me. And I wanted to play music and I never really had finished that up at the time when I was a kid. And so I went back to school and got my uh, degree in psychology and then, and then, um, you know, I, I was really interested in how do we get this? How does this, like, how do we, how does this happen? And I said, I'm gonna work with kids. And so I, I, I started studying child development and learning. And then of course, I, I, I always would forget, oh, I was a child, that's right. <laughs> this, this happened to me too, I developed. And then, you know, the pieces started coming together and, and I wound up going um, to San Jose State um, and they had a very um, culturally um, diverse program. And, and in terms of, you know, the, the way that I, I had grown up and the, the misunderstanding I had about myself was because I phenotypically look like probably a European American or Puerto Rican or whatever, you know, something uh, person, um, but I'm half African-American and half Irish. And and I just really never felt seen and I never felt like I belonged and I, or fit in. And, you know, I, I continue to do that work. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly um, learning and growing, but anyway, so I, I really wanted to study that and, and work on that in my graduate program. And then one thing led to another. And so I, I wound up working with kids because I was really interested in, but then what happened, I loved working with the kids, but their families, were so stuck and, and the, uh, I worked in schools that were really um, 
really struggling and, and families were really struggling and it was very hard to make any or cre help create sustainable change with the kids without working with the families. So then I said, all right, I changed my headset and I went into trying to understand more clinical work. And I got an, an internship at the Family Service Agency of Marin and, um, and in the substance abuse program. And, and I was there for five years and I just learned so much about you know, the clinical aspect of, of mental health and not so much the social, but really combining all of that. And, and then I made my way to, um, you know, I was still doing body work, you know, for 20 years, I was doing body work as I supported myself through school. And, and, um, and I, I just thought, God, you know, how do I, I know there's something here that like, I just don't quite get all of it together yet. And so I, I, I did, um, do a couple of uh, Reiki, Reiki one and Reiki two. And I really loved energy work. And, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, I kept hearing about this great grandmother I had who was like, a, they called her a witch doctor, you know, but, but nobody was really knew what they were talking about. But I was always fascinated by that. And so I always knew I had that somewhere in me. And I, uh, you know, we used to have this, these African, like, um, dolls all over. And my, my parents were very like in interested in spirit realms and the unseen world and in ways that they were able to be at the time. And um, so I, you know, I'd always been a big fan of when I, when I lost my mom, when I was 26, I lost my dad when he was eight, when I was eight. And I just, I just really hit a wall and that's really when things took off. But I started reading Edgar Casey and Ruth, Mont um, Ruth Montgomery, and really starting to understand uh, uh, the relationship with death and afterlife, and it 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 just led me to um, someone I met when I was teaching at NHI who studied with Maladoma Somme, who is a African West African shaman, and. Um, you know, we, I would receive divination from her. And uh, she said to me one day, you know, you really should look into family constellations. And I was like, what's that? That sounds great. So years later, as years went by, I, uh, I began studying and working with and um, learning more and became, was initiated in, in, in the study of a Peruvian shamanic tradition and eventually a West African shamanic tradition that um, is ancestral work and ancestral divination. And um, so here I was trying to figure out, well, okay, this is great. I, how am I gonna do that and do this because I'm a, I'm a licensed therapist. And that's when family con constellations just pulled it all together. Bert Hellinger is the, is the uh, founder, he's the, he's the man who originated, and he really, uh, he really took from indigenous cultures. He was a priest um, in Germany uh, in the 30s, and um, he was sent as a missionary to South Africa to work with the Zulu people, and he, uh, he stayed there for, I think, 10 years or something like that, and, and he was, he learned how to, um, 
how the people there really dealt with their issues was with their ancestors and was working things out and smoothing things out, like and making sure that things were lined up in a certain way energetically. And there was an order to it. And so he created something called the Orders of Love, which is what Family Constellations is based, is, is based on, which is if, if, there's, if there's a problem in a family, it's probably because the, the orders of love are out of order. And uh, I can talk more about that when we get into, when I, when I share more about Family Constellations. But I found my way to Family Constellations and just have not looked back. And, um, you know, I, I feel like getting my degree and becoming a, a licensed clinician was, was my way into really um, bringing and exposing and learning as much as I could about how to, how to help lots of different people. But, but my heart is really in um, more, I don't know, it's, it's not as much in, interested in the clinical aspects because I think all of that comes from indigenous and sort of old um, medicine that we all have. And, um, and so um, it's, it's, been, um, it's been really in interesting to um, incorporate family constellations in my practice. I, um, as I am on my own journey with my own healing process, um, I, um, I joined a group of people who are, were doing family constellations. I also um, co-facilitated six workshops to bring family constellations into the community I, I'm in, um, in Marin. And um, I met a woman named Catherine Revoir, who's in Mill Valley. And she was holding groups at her house. And we would all have tea and we would learn about interpersonal neurobiology and nonviolent communication and um, attachment, just attachment theory. And we would do family constellations. And I was just like, this is the jackpot, <laughs> you know? And so that's, that's really where, where I'm rooted right now. And um, Catherine's teacher is uh, Sarah Payton, who's a nonviolent communications. And uh, she's just, she's amazing. She, she I'll, I'll give the uh, title of her book. I, I think it's in terms of trauma treatment uh, and trauma work. Um, it's, uh, it's very powerful and it's, and it's, it's very, um, uh, gets to the root, as I like to say, um, of the trauma, which could, could be ancestral, could be um, something that we are just bumping up against over and over again for generations in our families. And until we really dig deep and look at that, um, things continue to stay the same. And, you know, it takes big cosmic two by fours to hit us on the head like it did for me before I changed. So, you know, can't we just, you know, I just love being a part of, of this, this work and sharing it with my clients who are coming in for depression, who are coming in for loss and grief and, you know, all kinds of addiction and, and everything. And I always bring it back to, let's talk about, you know, what's going on in your family? What, what, you know, and I listen for language and I listen for clues as to what, cause it's there, you know, people use, when people speak about what's going on for, with them, the story is there, the narrative is there. You just have to know how to listen for it. And, um, and it's, 
it's also the piece that is, is um, going back to the, being a body worker is it's in our bodies and it's in our brains. It's our nervous system. And so I started um, studying um, Stephen Porges's work and Deb Dana, um, polyvagal theory. And um, I, I, it's, you know, it, the body does keep the score. And so learning how, learning how to work with our brain, which is, I've learned, is seeking connection and warmth and a sense of wanting to belong, um, which again brings me back to what got me here, you know, what I wasn't getting that I'm getting now, which is um, knowing that I feel the way I do and, and people feel the way we do. We isolate, we, we turn to drugs and alcohol, we do all kinds of things because we don't know we belong. And so, and the brain is constantly scanning for threats and danger. It doesn't know it belongs. And so we're just in that constant state of, of angst and um, distress. So I feel like all of these tools, the language, uh, the somatic work and really tuning into how to teach people to reframe and, um, and have deep compassion. And as Sarah Payton says, uh, learning about our resonant selves so that we can reparent ourselves and do the brain repair, do the nervous system repair. Um, I just think it's really profound. It's really helped. It it's not easy. It's not linear, but it is, it is what we all, um, I think would really benefit from greatly. And I mean, all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I love that. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about the role of the family and the ancestors. I mean, how exactly does that impact us? I mean, some people would say, well, genetics, but it's more than just genetics, right? What? Yeah, I think that's a great, great question because as I was preparing, you know, I, I tend to be, uh, anyway, I won't tell you what I tend to be, but I was, <laughs> I was looking at, you know, the, the words that, you know, epigenetics and transgenerational, intergenerational, what does it all mean? And what I've come to understand is that transgenerational is in the Western world, in the world where we need hard science and we need to understand what's happening, are patterns that are um, handed down through, through family systems for generations. Um, for example, um, you know, there are um, ways of coping or ways of beliefs about belief systems, limiting beliefs, um, you know, uh, and I know you, you do this work really well. I know you, your, your, um, your work is very much focused on how the limiting beliefs we have about ourselves creates the reality we have. And how did this start? Where does this come from? You know, and, oh, I forgot to mention another one of my teachers, Mark Wolin. He's an amazing, amazing family constellations trainer. And um, I study with him, amazing. But um, there's, a, there's a, uh, an example in his book. And I, I always like to tell the story about this young man who's about 19 years old. And he, I think he just turned 19. And all of a sudden he wasn't able to sleep. He was waking up at the same time every night and he was freezing. He was just cold. And, and he went to doctors and acupuncturists and naturopaths and, and he went to Mark. And Mark said, you know, cause he was looking at, you know his mental health and he was just, you know, someone must have just suggested it to him. And Mark said, 
what do you know about your family history? You know, like what's, and so he said, I don't know, I'll go home and ask my mom, you know? And so he, he talked to his mother and he found out that he had an uncle that his, his, his father's brother who um, his, they both, his father and his father's brother worked on lines. I can't think of what they're called. They're like, you know, they're out in the wilderness and they're putting up electrical lines or different kinds of um, uh, lines for lack of a better way to put it. And it's desolate and they're out in the middle of nowhere. And I guess there was a storm that was coming and this, this, this person's uncle froze to death. Um, he, he wasn't able to get out and there was a huge storm and um, he, he froze to death and he was 19. And uh, so that began this path for this young man to really kind of understand what he was feeling in his body and what the connection with uh, what Mark helped him understand was that, you know, nobody talked about this uncle anymore. Everybody pushed it away because it was too painful. So when, you know, one of the orders of love in, in, in constellation work is when we don't acknowledge and when we, when we push aside anyone in the system, then there's, there's going to be an entanglement or there's going to be a problem in some way because the love doesn't get to flow because everybody needs to belong and everyone needs to be acknowledged. And once the, you know, he, he talked to his dad and he, things got better. I think it took some time, but it was a real um, introduction to um, understanding how, you know, that what we don't know about our families and the things that happened long ago are still happening. I mean, that's a pretty incredible story, um, but um, it, it just, um, and, you know, I mean, obviously there are, any, there, there are the environmental sort of socioeconomic, you know, there are probably, you know, the things that get passed down, but but when we look at, um, uh, when I ask clients to do genograms, with family constellations training I've done, I have a long list of questions that is incredibly thorough, um, asking about stillborns, asking about, is anybody, uh, at, you know, the, the, you know the, the regular stuff when we do an assessment, but these are more in-depth questions such as, has anyone lost a fortune? Has anyone lost a business? Um, what, you know, and thinking about what country or the origins of people and, you know, for example, the native people, first nation people in this country or um, the Holocaust or, you know, anything, you know, overseas and, um, you know, uh, were they, were, were people impacted in those ways? Of course, everyone's families were. So of course we carry, you know, there, there, there are, I was in a constellation once where there was a, a, a man whose constellation it was, who he felt, he came looking for help because he just could not move forward in his life. And he had uh, Native American ancestry. And through doing this constellation, which um, was very powerful, um, and the, represent, the people that represented in the constellation, um, were Native Americans on the, tra the Trail of Tears who had died. And he was holding the guilt that he couldn't go forward because he, he couldn't move forward because they couldn't, because his loyalty to them was so, I'm getting chills in my head, but his loyalty to them was that love was so strong. He didn't know them, but he just, he felt it was in his nervous system. You know, it was in his, 
his psyche energetically. And, and so as a representative of one of the one of the one of the people who had died, I was representing, I was representing in that constellation. And we said to him, go on with your life. We're dead. It's okay. You know, we, we need to acknowledge, yeah, we're dead, but we don't want you to die. Go live your life and and enjoy your life and have a good life. And so it, he was able to, to hear us who, you know, he wasn't, when was, you know, I, he didn't really ever understand that so many things that we just don't even think of come up in a constellation because it's so organic. Um, and the words that he heard and what he saw in a three-dimensional sort of experiential uh, way on a nervous system level, on so many different levels, the healing is possible with us. And, and it, it's not cognitive, it's not mental. And it's, um, as a matter of fact, when we do constellations, we ask people to not talk about it or think about it. So not to get in the way of the process of the energy and the healing. And we're working with our ancestors, um, of course, doing that because sometimes we're, I'm bringing in, if I do a constellation, a great grandfather, or I usually go back three generations. Um, and there's just so much, there's so much healing that is, is possible when we tap into that field of, of you know, you know everybody, everybody wants to be acknowledged. And what, what happens when people are not acknowledged is problems, you know? So, so it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very somatic, it's a very experiential way of working, which I've learned to do through Mark Willin in my office when I was in an office, and now I do it online, um, but just one-on-one -on -one with, with people doing constellations, because you can use constellation work for um, not just people in relationships, but I've been in a constellation where I was the right brain and someone else was the left brain. I mean, you can be out in nature, you can be a country, you can be God, you can be love, you can whatever you want to represent in someone's constellation that will serve, you know, that is in service of their healing and their bodies and in their family systems. You know, the constellation facilitator is tapped into hopefully something that helps to understand what's needed. But it usually starts with like the parents and the, and the person. And yeah, so tell us more about like that because there may be some people in our audience who have no idea what a family constellation is. What is it exactly? How does it work? Okay, um, so um, I had a really um, great paragraph of it because it, I mean, I will do my best to just go ahead and say it, but I do have something if, if there's, if you, if you want clarity, because it's um, a family constellation, like just um, logistically is we are, um, we are working within the unseen world. And we know that um, indigenous people and, you know, our ancestors with that were that were living in um, a time where where you know there was you were out in nature and there wasn't a, a disconnection. Um, that's what we're looking at. Well, that's what we're working with. We're working with a system that is nature. That's how I see it. 
and the flow of nature and the flow of things as they should be so that there can be, there can be, um, I guess, harmony. I wouldn't say harmony because nature is kind of brutal, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily rainbows and, and unicorns, but it's, it's, there's a flow. And so um, Bert Hellinger watched uh, the, the Zulu people that he was working with um, and, and, you know, for generations in their, in where, where they were living, this is something that, you know, for generations, they just knew, but for us, we have to sort of shift our, our, the way we think about things. And, and if someone were to come for a constellation, they come with what is, what's heavy on their heart. What are they, what are they working on? And then we ask a lot of questions to find out the family system, do a genogram, look at where the, the, um, entanglements are, where, the, where there might be abuse, where there might have been um, uh, a, a miscarriage, where there might have been uh, a murder, where there might have been um, um, uh, abuse. And, um, and, and so we, when we look at that, we get a sense of what is impacting the person in their life today and what can we do in a constellation that could help bring some balance, rebalancing into that person's life. So for example, a, a lot of us have issues with our moms, you know, and, um, and so that's often a place where I'll start in a constellation. And if someone is coming in and they're, they're having issues with relationships, I'm gonna look at the relationship with their mother. So um, if, you know, back in the day when we could all be in the same room together, we had family constellations that where there were people in, um, in the room together and we create a sacred, you know, container. Confidentiality is extremely important. Um, and um, usually people bring people that they feel safe bringing and, and that they know and that, you know, know them. But there are also people who come because they just love doing this work and they come because they want to represent and because as a representative and i'll tell you what a representative is in a second you get the healing too you know i remember when i was attending uh this wonderful constellation facilitator leslie nips and she's in the east bay she would always she would you know ask people to donate five dollars and she would always say say at least everybody here will at least get five dollars worth of healing because just being in a constellation, you can't help but have, we're, we're, we're all human and we have a lot of the same, same needs. And so, um, so we would um, have maybe six, eight, I don't know, could have maybe five people in a room sitting in a circle and the person whose constellation it is would sit and, um, and then People in the, the circle who are there um, step in as representatives um, and they represent what the constellation facilitator is, um, um, is seeking help with, um, you know, whatever the prescription or, you know, whatever it is that, that um, they basically stand in for whomever the facilitator wants to um, have, have the constellation work it work around. And so um, a representative will um, stand up and um, the constellation facilitator might write down mom or dad or, um, 
you know, the problem or the gift or the, uh, the, um, the symptom or there's so much creativity available at our fingertips doing this work. It's, it's just endless um, how we can approach and, and um, the issues. And so when the representative takes the piece of paper, they may or may not know who they're or what they're representing. Uh, and, and when they don't know, it's called a blind represent, representation. And I prefer that because I think it's really hard. I know as a representer, um, it's hard to not think and get your head involved and, and your, your thinking involved. And it's just good to get into the body and notice what you feel as a representative. What, what, what is your thought? I want to get out of here. Is your thought, I feel numb? Is your, is, you know, are you, um, are you looking at other people in the constellation and having feelings about them? Um, and so it's really an opportunity for the representative to just tune into their bodies and, um, um, you know, where do they want to go? Where does their body want to go? Um, and, and to like, look, think about and feel into what the impulses they're feeling are and find their place in the, in the circle. And then, so I might have, um, as a facilitator, um, given a piece of paper that said the client's mom. And, and then I might have the client represented by someone else. So the client gets to see themselves represented. And so the person who's the client steps in and I usually will start with them facing each other um, or, or I might ask them to go wherever they want to go in the, in the circle to see where they are. If they're facing away from each other, that certainly says something. Um, and then I would ask something like, now this is assuming both representatives have been able to tune in and sort of get out of their, out of their head and tune into what's, what they're feeling, what their emotions are, what body sensations, what they want to do and you know, getting a sense of what's going on. And then I'll ask them, what are you noticing? What's coming up for you? And they might say, oh, I just, I don't know. I'm just really pissed off or I'm just really angry or um, I'm sad or, and they're looking down at the ground or they might say, I just wanna lay down and then they can lay down on the ground. Um, and so basically, if I were to have a constellation with just these two people, um, I, depending on what the issue was um, and what the client came in for looking, he, looking for healing for, um, I might bring in another representative. I might bring in the grandmother to see because I, I've looked at the genogram and I know the history and I might bring in maybe um, uh, a child that was aborted or a child that was miscarried. Um, and, and then having interactions and a felt sense in the bodies of the representatives to speak what they're feeling and to speak about to each other and say, uh, you know, in the language, there's, there's a specific way of uh, using the orders of love in, in, in order to um, clear, clear whatever there is in the way. Um, and one of the things might, for example, be, um, a mother and a child, uh, the client as the child, she might be representing herself or himself as a, a very young child. And the child may have taken on the mother's pain and the mother's um, 
you know, just completely felt responsible for caring for her. And, and, and that's, that's a, a problem in the orders of love because the adults and the parents are what we, what Bert Hang Hellinger would say, you're big and I'm small and I'm, you are my mother and I am your child. And just saying that simple sentence can bring about a shift in the energy or the mother saying to the child, I'm the mother, you're the child. Let me take care of this. I'm supposed to take care of you. I mean, that can be profound for someone to see that. And, and so um, I, 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 you know, there are other ways of doing um, constellations without people. You know, sometimes, you know, we use objects like crystals or different things that we can, or sometimes I'll ask clients to um, write down a number and I'll have in mind what it is and they'll, and the client themselves will actually stand on the pieces of paper um, that, that are correlated with whomever in the constellation I want to bring in and for them to have a felt sense of what's happening with each of those representations can be um, a way to do it one-on-one -on -one without all the people. But I will say, um, and I, I do want to give some information about constellations that people can attend and these wonderful teachers that I have who, um, who um, where you can actually attend, it's free, you can, you can do it online. Um, so um, I, I would like to, um, you know, just encourage everyone to check it out for themselves and um, see what it's like. It's hard, it's kind of hard to explain, but I hope I've done an okay job. Yeah, and where can people find those constellations if they want to participate? Um, well, um, I um, I would like to say that Sarah Payton. I guess I should have. Can we say that that information will be we'll put on it the, in the show notes? Yeah, absolutely. We'll put it in the show notes because I I um, Sarah Payton has a book, and her book is Your Resonant Self. Fabulous. Um, she uh, she's the person who really incorporates all the different. Uh, neuroscience, nonviolent communication, family constellations. And, but she does a lot of constellation work on her website. You can find that. Catherine Revoir is um, someone who has monthly constellations and she facilitates groups using Sarah's, you know, mastery, you know, the wonderful combination that she's um, sharing. And um, so there, it's all online. Um, and then I'm sure there are other con people doing constellations as well. I, I, I also attended NLP Marin. I did a facilitator's uh, training there as well. And I think Michelle Masters is the person who I trained with. And I, I believe she's doing constellations online as well. So I'll make sure to give you that information. Fabulous, yeah. It is, it is hard to talk about. It is one of these things that um, you really do have to experience it firsthand because it doesn't, make logical sense why how is it that you know someone that i maybe don't even know in this group of people is going to be you know like a, almost like an actor in a play right is going to represent the character of my father oh. mother grandmother whoever oh. and but it is it's so there's you know there's offshoots of this there's like family sculpture and you know right. other types of creative modalities where you do that and it's so powerful because you're not part of it you really you're kind of the witness and you're letting those characters kind of interact it is it is there's something about it that is incredibly 
powerful. I attended a family constellations actually at the ASAP, the energy psychology conference where Michael Reddy was the guy he had, um, he was looking at racism in America or mm -hmm. some, something around and, and like he had different uh, countries, people from different countries mm -hmm. represented and mm -hmm. these were the slaves and these were the, the owners and these were the poor Irish immigrants. And it was like this That's right. American melting pot and people were crying and people were angry and it was like, unbelievable it's like we tapped into the collective unconscious or something totally i'm so i love that you brought that up it's, it's one of the most powerful uses of this this modality is is for all of that that is showing up in the shadow right now yeah and um yeah it's powerful and and doing it together it it, it involves us actually being together doing it together and grieving yeah, yeah. It, I think it accesses all of those suppressed emotions mm -hmm. um, and especially in previous generations, you know, our, our, our parents and grandparents, they didn't talk about things, they traumas were shoved under the rug, they right. were secrets, there's a lot of secrets I know comes up in this work, there were secrets, um, it wasn't talked about, um, and yet, and it so often explains right. these um, symptoms or these problems that don't seem to go away. I have a friend who has these weird money issues. She grew up wealthy, like they're, yeah, they're yeah. But, but then you find out the grandfather or great grandfather, uh, in stock market crash and right. lost everything and killed right. himself. And right. she's feeling the effects two generations later right. of that and having that anxiety. She has this anxiety about, oh, I'm going to lose all the money. Like, there's no indication in anything. Yeah, that's a beautiful example. It doesn't, right. it doesn't, it's not about sense making and all our mind and our brain wants to do is make sense of it. And uh, I, I, I'm glad you reminded me one of the, one of the um, workshops I facilitated was around health issues, health conditions that show up in the body and being able to understand and have a representation of the symptom in the room to to understand and to um, to actually um, hear what the symptom has to say and why it's there and what does it want you to know. Um, it's very powerful. And Stephen Hausner is another resource who, um, and I think there's there's someone else too who's a uh, works with a works with physicians. There there are people and and they're 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 not really um, medical intuitives, but they use this. Um, modality to understand what's going on. The first constellation I ever went to um, was um, was there was a, a woman who uh, was a, a um, homeo homeopathic uh, practitioner, and she worked with animals in San Francisco Zoo. And she uh it was it was profound we were representing i didn't know what i was representing but it turned out in the zoo one of the baby giraffes had died and and they were trying to find a homeopathic remedy for the mother because she was so she was grieving so heavily and she was not doing well and by using this by using family constellations you know we were able to understand or decide you know figure out what which which homeopathic remedy was going to be uh, the most efficient. And I was the, the, the deceased baby giraffe. And that was my first consolation. And I have to say it was, 
I was like, all I wanted to do was lay on the floor. I didn't feel anything. It was, it was profound. So we can really use this in so many ways and um, to heal. Um, but yes, symptoms, health issues, you know. Um, symptoms as well. Mental, you mentioned depression, right? Yes, right. Health issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful stuff. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we've had this conversation. Um, Lynn, how can people find you if they want to discover more about your work or any workshops you have coming up? Where can they find you? LynnIrvin.com is my website. Um, I'm on psychology today. My website is a bit under, um, under construction because I'm trying to um, revamp it to include a lot more of what I'm doing now. Um, but yeah, that's all. Wonderful. And we'll have in the show notes, all the resources you gave. There's some really wonderful ones out there, books and yeah. people doing this work. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if people feel drawn to it, they definitely should check it out. I was really surprised that I hadn't come across this until, you know, a few years ago. Um, but I'm really, I love the work and I've worked with a lot of clients, you know, I'm not trained in this, but I've had clients who've done this work and just mm -hmm. said profound shifts, mystery, symptoms and things go away. And then just yeah, like yeah. much really transpersonal, you know, intergenerational, absolutely, um, systemic world. I mean, how much healing is possible when we delve into this type of energy work really is what I right, think. Right. Does. Yeah. And there, there are, there are, um, there's, you know, systemic constellations is, is, is something that is used in, you know, huge conglomerates and organizations and, and, I remember being in a constellation with a hospital facility, a hospital administrator who was having difficulty in the whole, in the, the organization. And there's just, uh, there's just no limit. And I, and I'm sure I haven't said everything I want to say. And, and, you know, if you're interested in learning more about this, I would be more than happy to talk to you about it. And I'll, I'll definitely um, give Adriana lots of resources. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Lynn. Thank you for asking me. It's wonderful to see you again. Yes. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, if you like the show, please do click like, subscribe, um, comment, all those things help get the ratings up so we can get this in the hands of more people. Mm. I'm your host, Dr. Adriana Popescu. Thank you again and tune in next time for the next episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities alternative perspectives on mental health. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, alternative perspectives on mental health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.